What's shaking you two nights? Uh, yeah, we were just backstage talking about uh, JB flexing on cruises. Oh, uh, he was about flexing. It. That was uh, he was straight flexing. Speaking of flexing on Fridays, it was. Yeah. Let's see what we got for you boys and girls. Age of congregating. It's Freestyle Friday, right? So uh, let's get mm -hmm. right to it. What's going on, YouTube? And I welcome to Lords of Long Box. My name is TiVo. Welcome to the cover price comic book shakers of the week for 9-7-2023. Lady Laura, say what's good to people. You don't have to introduce yourself. He's like, my name's TiVo. Everybody knows you, TiVo. Yeah, I don't you're like name down there too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's for the people listening, because you know there's people listening on say it, TiVo. What what do you got to say to the just say Alexa, play Lords of Longbox podcast on Spotify. Sure. Mine always listens when nice you do podcast. that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No Hi, dead guys. air. No dead air. JB, she was good. <laughs> How you doing, everybody? We got another fantastic shakers list for you tonight. Yeah. Click back, relax, and enjoy the show. Mari Mar. What y'all know good? This is an interesting one tonight. So uh, very, very. I thought very one on here was pretty easy, but then I looked at, it, I was like, "Holy cow!" I, I, I yeah. I'm flabbergasted at the price that I got. But uh, flabbergasted. Again, yeah. Once again, this is a cover price comic book shakers of the week, where we look at some of the biggest sales or most interesting sales found in their exclusive daily shakers. This this changes several times every day. So make sure you check it out every day. If you saw any of the hottest trending books in the market, which we'll do later after we go over this top ten. Also, our friends, our fine friends over the Bird City Comics, just got a code of L O T L B to get fifteen percent off 
anything in the Bird City Comic Store. You guys have anything dropping this Friday? Is that the? Yeah, uh, it's kind of a big deal. We're it is. from what I understand, we are the first Gold Key exclusive because they bought somebody bought Gold Key back, and we are him. doing a store exclusive. Yeah, I met him. Cool. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Met, so. I met him at WonderCon. Yeah, with uh, the Matt with the Cover Price crew. Yeah, yeah, kind of younger so guy. Yeah, younger dude. Yep, he said he bought the gold key uh, IP, and I said, "Let me introduce some people." I met him to I introduced him to like Matt from Cover Price, some other folks. So it's good that uh, he finally was able to launch something because when I was talking yeah. to him, you know, he he bought Gold Key, but he doesn't have a lot of the IP for you know he has some of the IP for it, but this one's uh, Boris Plara, Karloff, Boris oh, Karloff awesome. number one. Yeah, it was painted and well. it's awesome. Very cool. It, yeah, that's tomorrow. So make sure you uh, check in. Uh, when does that drop? Tomorrow? What or Friday? At nine a.m. Eastern or nine a.m. Pacific and noon Eastern. Friday. So make sure you uh, hit that text line. You know what it is. We're here to see uh, what's shaking today, boys and girls. As we go right through it, this is in uh, alphabetical order. So uh, good luck. <laughs> here we go. We got shaker number one, which is. Archie versus Predator, issue number one by Phoenix Comic Con Robertson, by Dark Horse, I'm sorry, published in 2015. Few crossover events have been as widely unexpected and delightfully bizarre as Archie versus Predator number one. Really? The particular clash of universe took the world by storm as Phoenix Comic Con. It's surreal premiere, uh, premise, and limited uh, availability. Has made go. it a sought-after gem among collectors and enthusiasts. This unique comic brings together America's beloved high school teens and the galaxy's most formidable hunter, the Predator. As Archie and his pals venture to Costa Rica for a spring break filled with innocent party games and beach escapades. There's nothing innocent, first of all, about Costa Rica, okay? They unwittingly <laughs> stumble into a deadly confrontation. Restricted to a mere 500 copies, this scarcity has only heightened its desirability among collectors, propelling its market value to impressive heights. The last record sale for a raw near mint plus 9.6 through a 10 copy stands at astounding $329. There are only two other recorded sales, both raw at a near mint plus for $250 from June of this year and a near mint for $9.99.99 from February of this year. For collectors and fans alike, Archie versus Predator number one remains a cherished and exclusive treasure, a testament to the magic that can happen when the most unlikely universes collide in the world of comics. I love how Archie and Jughead are still pervy, even though they're fighting for their lives. He's like, I don't know. They're even harder to choose from now because, you know, that's the debate is always to pick, you know, the blonde brunette. You know, that's the, you know, yeah. it's, no contest. Still, you know, well, you've got you've got <laughs> Veronica and Betty fighting the Predator. And yeah, Archie, well, Archie and Jughead in the back. back to doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's going on here? Yeah. Archie versus Predator number one from Phoenix Comic Con back in 2015. $329 for a Raw. Wow. All right. This book I thought pe people would have, but uh, look more carefully. God damn. Yeah, pay price. close attention to the next one. At number two, we've got Batman. Issue number one, The Newsstand. Shout out C. Woodard and the Great Legend. From 2011, DC Comics. Now, this run is full of bangers. 
Rarely do we see issue number one taking flight quite like this, but we recently got a stunning sale. A CGC 9.8 newsstand came to the market and sold for a whopping $8,500. Wow. Damn! This <laughs> is comparable sale we have is a CGC 9.6 that only sold for 280 bucks last That's year. Crazy. Oh, wow. But why the high price tag? Well, numerous factors, one of which was that this was one of the last newsstand books ever produced by DC. It was realistically only available through Barnes & Noble at the time with few copies far and few between actually at newsstands. There is no definitive number available for how many were released. But for a rough idea, there were only 705 Barnes & Noble stores in 2011, each receiving an average of, hold on, wait for it, three copies per store. <laughs> Add an additional hundred more to dedicated newsstands, and you mm -hmm. could be looking at a sub-3,000 print run. In addition, this book ushered in one of the most beloved Batman runs ever. It's full of potential and one of the one that fans were eyeing before the Batman was released. Well, the Court of Owls would be juicy to see on the big screen, but we have no confirmation that that will come to fruition. All we know is that Batman 2 is happening and recently was confirmed to feature a young 16-year-old Robin. One fan may have decided the potential is too much to pass on and decided to throw some down, throw down a little FU money. Big That's, time money. What do you so guys think of that? In 2011, incredible. it was right around 2% newsstand versus 98% direct stand. I mean, that I mean it hadn't changed that much from 2000 to 2013, but you know, if you go from 82 right. to 90, it was a huge step between going from the newsstand and the advent of comic shops popping up all over the place, right? And then, you know, right. Anybody could be a, a comic book shop, you know, because we had that's the whole people think the fall of the 90s is is about variants and, you know, you know, people, you know, buying up all, all the things, thinking they could retire. Image on, comics, like, buying young them by blood the number one. No, it was because uh, the distri the distribution market cr uh, crashed. I mean, it probably right. is somewhat right. to that, too, but it was because Marvel had their own distributor and everybody. And I remember shopping Image comics. And, and and all of them yeah, yeah that was before you know there's one distributor for all you know and then i remember like i've been to a dude's garage that was called a comic book shop when it was in the bay area when he used to drive around to buy comics right and, and uh, i was like i keep on driving to his neighborhood where's this, where's this comic shop i go oh my god it's mm -hmm. in his garage yeah. you know it's but nowadays you know look at I'm, look at 2013 tim too um we even talked um then about that that bubble do you think the bubble is going to burst do you think there's going to be a replay of the 1990s right and but it's been going steady for for how many years now almost close to a decade if you will and so with that said i mean even that even then uh you're seeing something come to fruition for after what eight eight or nine years now i mean look at yeah I, mean, I would in the 2000s uh, the the market kind of collapsed. I mean, you think about it. really what resurrected the market was Walking Dead number one when that came out. Yes, I remember you that. Know? And then, you know, and then you had the Ultimates run that from Marvel that really kind of mm -hmm. reshaped everything. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, you know, right. but there's this interesting documentaries on there and theories. I'm sure there was a lot of variants, a lot of order or over ordering and 
especially the image guys, they didn't know how to run a business, and that's why you know their business failed. You know, so you know, but they're still this around. cover though. Did this you, this did you Batman recommend cover. a documentary? Yeah, see, it's it, from the image guys. JV uh, got that. Everything they did right and everything they did wrong. Get your bingo card ready. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this this cover of by Capullo, I remember when this came out. And the storyline, if you guys don't remember, uh, the TV series Gotham at, uh, actually introduced the Court of the Owls um, back. I think, shoot, was it? I think came out Tim back in 2015 or 16. Been around, yeah, well, it's and been around for a while, yeah. Interesting story here. Interesting storyline with the Court of the Owls. I mean, they handed it to Batman. To be honest with you, Batman was sucking in this book. Very interesting story, though. Um, but to have Court of Owls come in the big screen, eh? Not very, not very excited about that because you know they're I mean they're, they're more of a secret society than uh, a villain I guess yeah I mean all With the bat the- all the Batman villains are kind of goofy though the Penguin you know I mean all Mister Freeze I mean you know we'll see but they, the way maybe- that the last Batman movie was shot the way it was so noir and dark and yeah. gritty doesn't yeah. that really translate to this storyline i could see this storyline i think it does flowing too. right into really neat. batman 2 and it being epic all right i agree number one issue number one the new stand dollars and a 9.8 Oof, man what you could have bought for my collection without amount anyway uh what do we have next oh oh man this is an interesting one okay child's play 2 number one this is from innovation back in 1991 Chucky, the brainchild of writer Don Mancini, was brought to life on the silver screen in the 1988 film Child's Play. Mancini's twisted creation quickly became an iconic figure in the horror genre, and his transition to the comic book universe kind of seemed inevitable. In 1991, innovation unleashed that nightmare in the form of Child's Play 2, number one. This chilling issue marked the first appearance of Chucky, the killer doll in the comic book world, and it sent shivers down the spines of horror aficionados and collectors alike. Recent sales data paints a captivating picture for this unique gem. The most recent sale, a staggering $66 for an 8.0 graded copy, represents an astonishing leap, surpassing the previous sale by over four times. It's also noteworthy that a near mint 9.8 graded copy sold for a mere $200 on August 31st of this year. Many collectors consider this price grossly undervalued, considering Chucky's iconic status in the horror genre. Child's Play 2 number 1 likely finds itself overlooked due to being tied to the second film in the series rather than the original. Interestingly, the success <laughs> of the film did lay the foundation, but it was the second movie that truly propelled Chucky into pop star star- pop culture stardom. What keeps Chucky ticking, both in movies and in comics, is a blend of horror, humor, and sheer audacity. The franchise's enduring appeal lies in its ability to provoke a spine-tingling chill one moment and elicit a dark chuckle the next. This unique combination has captivated audience for decades. In fact, the Chucky TV series is gearing up for its third season, setting to premiere on October 4th of this year. That's a testament to the enduring fascination with the diminutive, malevolent doll. Whoa. Child's Play huh. number two well is not merely a collector's item. It's a tangible piece of horror history. Its value is poised to rise, mirroring the enduring popularity of the Chucky franchise. Good job, Ooh, Laura. Wow. Laura. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good, 
Good job. That's interesting that they they did, never did a, a comic for the first Child's Play film, but then for the sequel they did. So for Child's yeah. Play two, yeah. number one, maybe people don't even know that realize that's his first appearance. So those are you know hardcore Chucky fans. But uh, how many series of, of, the, of Chucky's came out? Do you remember? In the movies, I have no idea. Yeah, but what? Yeah, tell oh me about goodness. this. Sh- Does anyone else watch the show? I I no. binge watched it for a little while. Nightmares. Like, I saw no. like one and two. That's it. And and then just kind of lost it. I don't know what channel it's on. What channel is it on? Oh, I when it first came out, was it a Netflix thing? I think it was Netflix. No, it wasn't was Netflix. It, it wasn't. Man, maybe that. There's a horror one. Uh, there's you ever seen that Scream or some shit? There's is it some Amazon? channel that. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Do an Amazon, you can pretty much get anything. You if not, you can buy it for rent it for three ninety nine. Yeah. It was on USA. <laughs> oh my god, USA. USA. no wonder nobody's seen it. It's on USA Network. Child's Play number two <laughs> or Child's Play two in between issue watching one. Law Order. I, I threw in a couple of Chucky's. No, oh, you and Law and Order. Anyway, can I ask you guys that? a serious question? All three of you, no. like Seriously? this type of film, this scares me. Like genuinely scares me. Do you guys get scared by this type stuff? No, not so no. much. What what scares you mm-hmm. about it though? Is it because there's like a demon in the doll or? Yeah, to me, I had, I grew up with porcelain dolls for one. My grandmother oh, used to make me porcelain dolls, and my mom put them all over my room, and they would watch me sleep. Yeah. And yeah. I always thought it was kind of dumb because I don't care if the you know the little thing's wielding a knife. I'll still punt it. I'll you know we'll field goal kick that some bitch to the other side of the room, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I meant that's shit. what I. Laura, thought. Laura, seems like you have some deep seated trauma going on here. So yeah, if, if you need some dolls. therapy, please. Let me know. Okay. Well, Slappy from Goosebumps terrified me too. Oh, not even get that. Yes. <laughs> Wait, you see the new Exorcist film? So, Ooh, yeah. Laura's not much of a horror film. No, I am chicken no. shit. Okay. Through and Did through. you see Annabelle? No. Oh, no. yeah. What about good. The Exorcist? No, you, you know what? That was playing the on the boat and it was creepy as hell. Oh, won't do that. <laughs> as long right. as they're not playing Titanic on the boat. Okay with whatever they watch. <laughs> All right, Child's Play Two, issue number one for sixty-six bones and a seven point from September fourth. Uh, came out uh, January nineteen ninety-one. There was a. Cool, I was in first grade. No wonder I was scared. Time for your friends of old Marvel. Yes, we got Shaker number four by Marvel, published in nineteen seventy-three. The legendary Jack Kirby had a hand in creating the fan favorite Doctor Doom. So it's fitting he would produce one of the best Doom covers out there. We've seen a rise in the collectability of Dr. Doom covers over the last few years. Fetching premiums as the markets ebb and flow. Doom is often often depicted as a tough cover such as Marvel Superheroes number 20. With lots of black and whites. And then you have this book. An all white cover that's oversized to boot. This book was notorious for sporting damage as it was early fanzine, 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 fanzine that was made with a low quality paper and typically not well cared for. Recently, a rather rare CGC 9.6 copy, one of three on the census, came to market and sold for a new heights of $750. It's the highest grade to reach the market and the only sale in our database with the closest being two CGC 8.0 copies that sold this year for $350 or less. There are only 42 books total on the said census, with two of them being a 9.8. It's a tough-to-find book and tougher to find in a premium grade. But if you're willing to settle for a less-than-premium copy, this this book can be had for less than $100 when it hits the market. 
There you go. So we just buy it for a hundred dollars. Like, uh, what? What's the famous issue in this one? That it's the first time you see Giant Size X Men. It predates Giant Size X Men or something like that. And one of the other Foom issues, I want to say. Foom, Does it? Okay. Foom number one. Yeah. There's, there's like you know, wait, you know, oh, nowadays man, they have these preview magazines, you know, and people spec on those. Remember, yes, you know, Mas yes, Mas. yes. So yes. this was like that kind of thing. It was like, uh, you know, they would have an advert and it was oh, like, you know, for, okay. hey, giant size X-Men are coming. And so people would, or it would do a little three page preview or some shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this predates man, Wizard magazine. You you guys remember Wizard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wiz they yeah so, Wizard then pre uh, yes. yeah, preview. And then, yeah, but this okay. was, I mean, that as well put together like wizard was i'm a wizard i, I wouldn't be articles. more akin to like a marvel age is that didn't they just preview yeah but it was it's it was pretty rough for for 1973 when the marvel age came out you know they you know obviously had to condense it a lot better you know um but you know for for, for its time it was you know pretty if you could find them good luck mm. so foom issue nice. four from uh, 1973 750 for 9.6 tim what is foom again friends of old marvel Friends of old Marvel. Thank you very old, much. Just OLE. Wow. Just you are brilliant. You are brilliant, Tivo. Speaking of brilliant, brilliant look at this cover. Wow. Ooh. Look at that. Hey. You know what? I haven't mentioned this in a while. If you're watching this on the Rewinder, you're watching this live, make sure to comment your favorite cover because this one is mine for tonight's show. Next up, yeah. we've got George Perez's Sirens, issue number one, the Adam Hughes 2014 New York Comic Con Virgin, originally published in 2015 from Boom Studios. Now, George Perez had a legendary career at Marvel and DC as both an artist and a writer with hits that included the new Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, Crisis on Infinite Earth, and Superman. His career seemed to be winding down when he left the new 52 Superman over creative differences, so it was surprising when he signed an exclusive contract with Boom Studios to create his own books. Unfortunately for Prez, this series was not received well and would become his swan song in the industry. The Adam Hughes variant of this book was originally offered. Now pay attention to this one. This was originally offered at New York Comic Con with a minuscule print run of 200, but Failed to sell out. Jeez. One more time. This was offered at New York Comic Con Ooh. with a minuscule print run of 200, but failed to sell out. Wow. As later, it would be offered in the Diamond Preview catalog with a street date of March 2015. All these years later, raw books are nearly impossible to find, and there are very few sales in general. So it was nice to see a graded 9.8 sell for $595 on September 4th, almost a year after the last sale of $499. We will always remember Perez for his decades-long career, but with the help of Hughes, this may be the best parting gift to the comic book community. Wow. I remember okay. this. I remember the Sirens series. I remember this so well. And um, I remember that George Perez, of course, it was his. And speaking of Adam Hughes, I think I was first introduced to his artwork when I started collecting Witchblade. And he used to do the covers of Witchblade and Tomb Raider. And then since then, I just... Did he do Witchblade and Adam Hughes? 
Oh yeah, I thought yeah, Turner yeah. was Witchblade. Yeah. That's what I think. No, yeah. no, no. He did. He did some covers on Witchblade, and he did some covers on Tomb Raider. Oh my God, beautiful! I've seen his beautiful. Tomb Raider one. It's good. Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I bet you there are some Witchblades in there. We gotta go peep that out. Marty's got all kind of good knowledge. Hey JB, why do they say Swan Song? Oh, you. I don't know. Tell me, Laura. So a swan <laughs> before it dies, supposedly it sings really beautifully. So it's. A metaphor for somebody who's leaving on a really good, stylish note. That's uh, kind of wow. sad. And up, he, up, uh, that, are, are you leaving, Laura? Is that what you're saying? No, he said swan song in the, in the oh, description. In the read. It was in the read. No, I, I just want to I'm I'm kill a swan maybe... just to make it see what kind of sound it makes. Yeah. No. I thought, no. I thought maybe you were. Oh, hey, oh out, it just Tim. dies in like natural, like natural age or something. Like hey, yeah, check this like... out, Tim. Maybe you are, you are trying to caveat. What he was saying on the swan. Oh, oh God. That's a that's an old Lord's Alarm Box thing. Marty didn't understand the board what caveat meant. Caveat. So, yeah. So George Perez of Sirens number one, Adam Hughes at yes. 2014 New York City Comic Con Virgin variant, 595 Virgin. for 9.8. Quite gorgeous too. Ah, uh, and it's once again. So I'm getting some covers. really good ones tonight, I feel like. All right, so next up, we have Iron Man number nine. This is the movie one in 25 ratio from 2013. Ten covers were released for this issue of Iron Man. Nine of the covers were variations of each other. The tenth cover was this one in 25 variant photo image of Robert Downey Jr. hurtling towards Earth in a malfunctioning iron suit, missing his helmet. A stunning photo cover and so smartly distributed the same month as Iron Man 3 hit the theaters. A lot has to be said about the photo covers gaining in popularity lately, especially for the MCU. We have recently covered incredible sales of Invincible Iron Man number 25, that's the movie photo cover, and John Wick number two. This one can be added to the list as it sold for a blunt $699 this week and a graded 9.8 CGC copy. Only five transactions have been tracked since its release, with an initial sale of a 9.8 for 80 bucks. Photo covers have their reach back in history of comic book covers. From the early days of romantic teen comics, photo covers sometimes work great and fit right in line with the issue and story. Sometimes they land outside the lines and leave us questioning. Like the oddly approved The Rifleman number 10 cover or the seemingly missed Photoshop cover of Marvel Team Up number 128. Don't let these past history lessons get in your way of collecting the modern photo covers because they are definitely making a stamp in the sales timeline now. So back in 2013, nobody gave a tonight, shit about, about photo covers. I guarantee you. Um, mm. So here's a fun factoid for you. There is a Dr. Strange book that has some, it's like photo quality uh, picture of somebody. And she okay. had them uh, remove from. Uh, she was uh, she was end up being a she's a Christian singer, and in you know the Deluxe Strange title was obviously very supernatural, so they wanted them to. Um, oh God, if you remember, she used to be a pop singer. Let me see, Doctor Strange. By the way, I think it, going forward, Laura, you need to have a what? couple cocktails before you get on because you are crushing <laughs> your reads tonight. Fantastic. No, so it's Amy Grant. If you guys Amy Grant. Grant. Amy Grant. Grant. Yeah, so she's she, a Christian what? singer now, isn't she? Yes, yeah, she got she sued been, yeah. by by she got sued by Marvel because they featured her likeness on a on a cover, and uh, it wasn't a it Ooh. wasn't a, a like a photo cover, but it was it was close to it. It was uh, Doctor Strange, uh, 
I want to say Sorcerer Supreme number 13 or number 15. Uh, and she actually sued Marvel over it. So, um, you know, because no she became, kidding. you know, this Christian singer. Yeah. So uh, if you look at it, you know, it's pretty, you know, doesn't make not harmless nowadays, but, you know, it was, you know, a horror supernatural book that she wanted any part of. So Iron Man number mm. nine, number one, the one in 25 uh, photo cover variant, movie photo cover variant. Mm-hmm. 700 bones and 9.8. Man. Wow. Wow. All right. Now it's time to get weird. <laughs> yes. Number seven. Is Rick and Morty number one, Ryan Hill, Artist Proof Lenticular by Ani Press, published in 2015. There are more than a dozen variants of Rick and Morty number one released in April 2015 for the initial Ani Press launch. Fans of the series were offered several variants, including Comic-Con exclusives from San Diego Comic-Con and Emerald City, in addition to free comic book day version. Historically, the most sought version of this book has been the first print, blank sketch variant, and the Roland 150 ratio variant until now. A high-grade, raw copy of Rick and Morty number 1 Ryan Hill Artist Proof Lenticular variant recently sold for more than $500 on eBay on September, uh, September 2nd. These rare Artist Proof editions were created so the publisher could see what the lenticular treatment looked like before they committed to the limited print run. The 2000 count run for this book reserved for distribution at the San Diego Comic-Con. So the artist proof edition are evidenced by the number designated AP where the edition number would usually be. The previous recorded high for this book was $330 in May of 2021. This would likely be the most rare version of the book. And while it's unclear on what the print run on this is there are a couple copies stating at one thousand dollars on ebay <laughs> what i do i do remember rick and morty number one i mean now this is this this book right here has been very popular for a lot of rick and morty fans and this book is constantly going up and i remember this for from years ago of this being just like one of the books that people are sought after for some yeah, reason Rick, it, Rick and Morty, it's, they it's, always they always have some type of big like WonderCon, they'll have variants for San Diego Comic Con. Every you mm-hmm. know, every few cons a season, they'll have a Rick and Morty special. Like uh, my friends at Kara's Comics actually had the artist there. Have you ever seen that uh that, that meme of the guy sitting at the table and it tells you, Tell me I'm wrong, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he was yeah. filling in the blanks, like and I bought like a cup of them and I was telling him like uh um Captain Kirk is a bitch. I told him to write that. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> right, some other right, things. Right. You know, it was funny. It was like I got one personalized for somebody else. And it was funny that he was just oh, no. writing. He was drawing on these. So, Rick and yeah. Rick and Morty number oh. one, the Ryan Hill artist proof lenticular. One I'm last impressed. comment. This may be the only lenticular cover I've ever seen worth any money. Can mm-hmm. someone else name another lenticular, lenticular. cover that's actually worth? Well, there anyway. was one that came out that you know people poo pooed on, and but you know people still had it. But all right, it's time to get way back when to what we love. Mm-hmm. Wow, love it. it's a look at the red color in a red dress. You, you guys know I'm a big fan of these old horror type of covers. For, this cover is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Look at the colors popping, bondage, if you will. Bondage, yep. Woo. Yeah, all right. Next up right. at number eight, by the way, we got 113 strong in the live. You guys are fantastic. Oh, wow. If you are enjoying the show tonight, take a moment and hit the thumbs up. Appreciate you. At number eight, 
We've got Suspense Comics issue number four, originally published in 1944 from Temerson Helmet and Continental. Oh, yeah, them. Wait, is that? Why, yes, it is. Suspense Comics number four from the Golden Age featuring none other than L.B. Cole's premier style on its cover. This book has gained immense popularity among collectors due to its pre-code depiction of bondage. Despite not being widely recognized as a key, it holds significant value as the first appearance of Mr. Nobody. Notice him in the right-hand corner? Mm-hmm. No, I don't get it. Okay. Okay. He's a, yeah, the he's the character in the fedora. I guess. Yeah, in the fedora, yes. It's worth mentioning that this was Cole's second published cover following Terrific Comics issue number three in May of the same year. Recently, a CGC 7.5 copy was sold for a staggering $21,250, breaking all previous records. It's interesting to note that among the 22 copies of this issue on the census, there's just one with a higher grade of 9.0 somewhere out there. Shout out to Robert uh, Pendergrass with a five dollar super chat. Yay! Sorry, we don't have oh, any or anything. Thank you, brother. Uh, thank, thank you. Pendergrass. <laughs> but uh, look at this. That is. Uh, I know, Laura. You got a thing for blondes with the red dress. But what about the redhead with a red dress? I mean, this isn't. This would start a whole other rabbit hole for me. There are so many blondes, but this is beautiful. This is. I yeah, love it. Yeah, we got hey, a two uh, pound what? chat. This oh. is a record. Yeah, we've just had a record. Love you guys, Laura. I think that's a pound. Uh, Is that a pound? That's a British. That's a pound, brother. That is a pound. Thank you. That's worth, I think, four dollars in U.S. currency, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, it probably is. Probably (laughs) the pound drops after the EU or some. I don't know, man. We don't know. Please tell us. Anyways, uh, (laughs) suspense comic number four from 1944, 7.5. Time machine shit right there. This one is weird. I've never seen this one before. Oh, this is me. Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 30. This is the Laird sketch variant from Mirage in 2009. By 2009, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle co-creator Peter Laird had taken control of the TMNT empire. But by this time, the print run of the Mirage series in its fourth volume was incredibly low, averaging around a thousand copies. And instead of publishing monthly, it was releasing yearly. To compound things, Turtle Mania had all but faded, and Laird was nearing retirement age, and he was thinking about putting his kids through college. While he was in charge of running operations at Mirage, Laird still churning out stories featuring his and Kevin, Kevin Eastman's creation with help from artist Jim Lawson. According to his blog, Peter Laird said that when this issue was being made, he was in talks to make a fifth Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but soon after he sold the property to Viacom. One of the last issues of the run, issue number 30, came with a $10 cover price tag and was distributed distributed directly by Mirage. One of the limited 1,000 copies, there were 250 signed and included a full headshot sketch by Laird. As a TMNT fan, the issue marks a piece of history, and if you're lucky enough to find this variant, it has a special remark. 
Just this week, a 9.8 CGC copy of this book sold for a high of $1,800. According to the cover price robot, a raw copy of this rare book sold at $530 in 2021. Easily distinguishable by its deep blue cover featuring a hammerhead shark. It also features the first appearance of the cyborg Jammerhead. JB, I totally messed this one up because Anthony's staring at me and he made me nervous. Anthony, what are you doing? He made me nervous. He's like watching me. I really get nervous around him. Jesus, Ant. Okay. Anyway. All right. So TMNT Teenage Ninja Turtles issue number 30. That was a $10 cover price on this. That's nuts from in 2009. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think Lee Eastman and Laird have come back together because, uh, you know, one of them is like, you know, I don't want it to spin out into this craziness and all those merchandising they're doing. You know, watch that show, uh, that documentary on Netflix. Boom! Drink if you're playing at <laughs> home. How, how the toys are made, I believe it's called. And look for the Teenage Mutant yes, Turtle one. Yes, oh. yes, I remember. Well, all yeah, of them are good, but that one's especially good because it goes in depth and they finally interview. I don't want to give it away. So let's just peep it out, man. Yeah. Uh, I think here's your chance to get on a board. Um, I've seen this a lot. One of my favorite covers Ooh. right here, man. This is Ooh. by Andy Radnov. And I tell you what, I remember seeing this book on the back walls for, for quite some time. And even then, it was a selling for a good chunk of change. But Shaker number 10 is Uncanny Avengers number one. Andy Radnov, one of 75 by Marvel, published in 2012. Since her debut in comics and cinema, the Scarlet Witch has been a fan-favorite character. The reality-bending hero has played significant roles in shaping mutant history and the MCU. In this coveted cover, Wanda Maximoff takes the spotlight with a stunning cover by Andy Gradnoff. This retailer variant is not only a gorgeous cover, but also holds several minor first appearances. Among these appearances is the first team appearance of the Avengers Unity Squad. Havoc, Captain America, Thor. Another minor team appearance makes their debut. The S-Men, composed of lesser-known villains like Goatface Girl and <laughs> Living Wind. This issue has tons of raw sales since its debut. However, it has only had a handful of graded 9.8 sales. According to the CGC census, there are currently 238 graded books, 73 of which are 9.8s. A CGC 9.8 recently sold for a mind-blowing $675. This sale was only two times the amount it sold for back in May of 2022. Its previous record high sale was back in January 22 when it sold for $400. This wild jump in value may cause more of those graded 9.8 books to hit the aftermarket soon. Yeah, I would say if you have this and next time Adi Granoff is doing a signing, have his wife sign it. Jeez. Ah, model after, it's model after his wife. That's yeah, model. yeah look, remember we look, talked look about this yeah. before. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, it's not the yeah. pose. It's the look on her face. Mm -hmm. That's a wife Very look. Very sensuous. That's uh -huh. just I, I so wanted this. I remember seeing this on the back walls, and I was just like, I want this book. I want this. That book. looks like just Google his old wife from back then because she used to go to. That's what she's life. saying. You want this book? Yeah. <laughs> you you want my book? Yeah, that's a Russian supermodel <laughs> written all over it right there, man. All right, we're gonna this see what's shaking Lana. today, boys and girls. I do a seamless transition. The seamless production quality 
of the Lords of the Long Box in full display. Here's the top 10 at Wonder Woman cover. I just yep, sold yep. this in a 9.8 today. Star Wars Air 2. Oh, Ooh, man. I think that's you know I want zero. that. I think you should have waited. Laura, did you find me an heir to the Empire yet? So, full disclosure, I have not gone to the warehouse. <laughs> Okay. I've been busy with a million other things and I haven't actually gone, but I will. Okay. It will happen. Okay. I sold this today too. Yes. What? Yep. Yes. Uh, I what kept this. What, what, what? I sold about 50, 60% of my collection today, including Hulk 181 and Tuma Dracula number 10. What? Uh, but yeah. I kept I kept this, kept my strange tales. I, kept my, I, I, my X-Men I actually s- I sold that. Uh, Fantastic Four number forty-eight. Shoot, about. I'm glad, three, four I, I'm years glad ago. I didn't sell it because I, wow, that's a raw seven point five for five thousand five hundred seventy-four. Yeah, wow. I have a CGC I mean, seven point five. Back then, I think I only sold it for like three fifty or something like that. Yeah, it's gone up. Uh, I can't believe this. you sold everything. You're be Lord of the Short Box now. I'm gonna be Lord of No Box. <laughs> no Box. <laughs> now I got rid of I got rid of like four long boxes too, just full of like you know back issues and filler issues when i was like you know just hey if you're gonna take them all take them all for this price but you have to take these along with it you know as filler because yeah. you know first he was gonna pick and choose and i said i do not want right. to put anything away i'm at that point but right. look at this blue bolt That's weird cool. tales look at of that terror. i love it i love uh, it man oh colors pop on that, look at man. that Marty, i love your enthusiasm you're like i love it i love it 54 <laughs> thank you lord halloween thank you. is right around the corner boys and girls you know what i mean it's halloween comic I, I, I get so passionate yeah. when i see something i really love and especially when it comes to those old. i, I kept these three looking. as well oh nice like, keeps nice yeah, keeps keep, kept an out done, parent, uh, dark phoenix ghost rider yep, yep. um so, Tivo, in the end, do you think you just pare it down to maybe, you know, like 20 big books and then everything else goes bye-bye? I what literally do? have a, just a short box of slabs. And wow. I'm getting rid of everything. And they're going to go, you know, insects and, you know, because I still have this stuff to go through that is a lot of like Bronze Age keys and like, you know. Yeah. But I have a lot you know, of stuff it, that's. Yeah. Ship that, all the Bronze Age keys my Tim, way. I'll Tim, that's, that is so interesting you say that because I, I, I've been kind of on the fences. Of you know, kind of getting rid of a lot of long boxes as well, and just going to certain keys, yeah, and and just bringing it down to things that uh, are, are are a little bit more, I guess, something you love, but you you know you maintain, but not no, having so many books. Buy everything. Yeah. See, well, I pronounce that. <laughs> when, when you first get in, you're like runs, 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 and then after yeah, you've been doing yeah. it a while and you run out of space, you're like. Fuck these runs. I just want the keys. Take all these right. fucking books. Out well, of here. I, I'm such a I'm such a completist though, you know, that I it's like when I started a run, I, I just have I had to have everything within that run because I'm like, okay, you know, it's just I don't know, maybe an O C D thing, I guess. Yeah. No, that's how yeah. I am with my X-Men run. I kept my X-Men run from uh all silver age to all the stuff up to one forty four. I like I would get rid of one fifty up to about 350 today. Um, wow. So there you go. Wow. El, so- El Soprente Hombre Arana. God, I can never say that. Hombre Arana. Mexican yeah. Spider-Man, whose uh, actual story was changed from what the original was. So, uh, you know, if you ever see these. So what young- issue would that have been at where it broke off and they said, screw you. We're not killing our favorite character. You guys can eat it. We're going to go ahead and write our own comic now. Let's see. 
So copy 808 says 10,000 books strong. Let me check my CLZ because I, I know I'm like up there somewhere. Isn't the wedding issue here? This one. This is the one. Right there. Yeah, that's the one. Number uh, 128. This is sexy, too. I like this. Holy What's sexy? Ooh, that is sexy. I like that, yeah, too. That is Very Vampirella. That's, that's the old Vampirella. Um, yeah, that's Vampirella, man. That used to be yeah. a, a cover by, by they used to use on that magazine cover. Yeah. Huh. I have one of these. I I don't know which one it is, but I have one of these else whatever you call it. Uh weird science. Uh people are specking on that. Scarecrow. No. Specking on Robin. See, that that covers no, the shit out of me as a kid, man. Yeah. I I hated spiders and that thing just creeped me out. We all hate so spiders, so, I think. I'm which shocked one? Hulk 180. Everybody. I had 180 and I think I sold it for dirt cheap, man, at one point mm. in time. And looking at the price it is now, I'm like, man, if I just would would have waited about another decade. Happens to all of us, Marty. First cameo appearance of Wolverine. <laughs> That'll really get people. Um, but yeah, so I was looking at this one. Where was it? This one. This one is pretty interesting because this is a like Bronze Age, Uncanny Tales from the Grave from Marvel. Look mm, at that. Look at Marvel. that. Mine too. I love oh. it. You there it is. Nineteen seventy-four, man. <laughs> that is dope. Tiva, will you go oh, back? And there's one on the far right that I want to see. Vault of. Wait, hold on. Down, 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 down. That Vault one. All right. Yeah. Yes, Vault of I want to see what he's doing, about to do to his wife. He's about to chop her head oh, off. I love it. Oh, my God. It's very Christmassy, right? Uh, Isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. It's a Christmas yeah. issue. Yeah. That, that was so common. common. That full was so common kind of swing ready. Yeah. She, she cheated on him, and so he's like, Merry Christmas to my wife, and then he's, he's going to chop her Laura, head off. did you ever used to watch the Creep Show series? I've I've seen a couple, a couple, but well, not you, all of them. You gotta, again, you gotta watch them because they they're they take on the the covers of of what you see there, the, those type of covers. So it's very it's, yeah. it's fun. It, it's it's scary but fun. And I know you don't like oh. horror, but you know it's it's kind of a fun scary. Yes, yes. J. Scott Campbell. We were just talking about that. J. Scott Campbell Scott's on game. Witchblade. End of an era. We were talking Witchblade about Hughes on Witchblade, yeah. which I've never seen. I'll bring yeah. it out. I'll, I'll post it. I'll, I'll post it on uh, IG. Uh, I'll find so it. The last on yeah. the social media. Make yeah. sure to this tag. This is the last issue L in the run. TLB. Look at that. That's gorgeous. Beautiful cover. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Witchblade yeah. went all the way to 150. I remember there was a Witchblade TV show on TNT. It was awful. It was awful. It was, <laughs> it was terrible. It was ah, so terrible. I, it, did, it did the comic book no justice. Whatsoever. Hold on, Terrible. real quick, Tivo. I want you to pull up the New Mutants '98. I was looking at my New Mutants '98 just recently, and you know this is a very, very famous book, obviously, right? For of course, first yeah, parents yeah. of Deadpool. Please pull it up, make it big screen. I still and I want everyone not have to, that. To, to tell me what you think of Deadpool's feet. <laughs> really? Uh, I mean, his legs, Rob. Look at the leg, Rob. Again, look well, at how thin his leg was, is. That was no, the long they are in comparison to his torso. Is his knee just... blown out, or is, are those his calves? You are know, those maybe he's come a long way. He's come a long way with his feet. He's come a long way. Look how thin the knees are. But I mean, look how high his legs are too in yeah. in, in relation to his torso. It's like yeah. oh, nothing it's, but arms. Yeah, you're legs. talking about Rob Liefeld now, back then bad. in the '90s. He he was, and and I think there was God, there was a 
a joke, a sort of a pun in a movie somewhere about about his feet in a movie. I, I can't remember was, which movie. I think it was from the Deadpool movie. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, only yeah. fitting. <laughs> I enjoy his art. I have five copies at one point. He met That's Adam, it. and he was so nice. So that that won me over that he was nice to my yeah, kid. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I said, he's come a long way with. Uh, his well, I, and I've I, seen I introduced him to Aunt Laura's son because I was he goes Rob Liefeld goes to my comic shop, so I mean, yeah. if you ever see him, he'll talk you up, and then you know, you know, nice. and Laura's son is a giant Deadpool fan. I said, go over and say hi to him, you know, uh, and he goes, uh-huh. no, I was like, hey, Rob, this dude wants to say hello to you, and, you know, but you know, Adam, calls I was, me. I was, I was wearing a cover price. Name? cover price shirt at the same time and and you know right. rob had questioned cover price online or about and oh, you know, he by the way shout out to clg comics actually yeah. sends me a shirt you know unlike clg comics wow. cover price hey, can i get some shirts Evo. man you know i i'd, I'd like to you know maybe put, see that's some cover price shirts. I, I, how about that you know i, I wear a medium by the way so you know if anybody wants All to right. send medium and a medium marty so a crop top for laura right. yes i want a crop top i want a cute little like, top. yeah and, uh, and the tank top for JB. Got it. JB in a crop top. Yeah. There we um, go. We're right around the one hour mark. So I'll tell you what, leave a comment after this video posts, and we're going to give away something on Tuesday's show. How about that? TV, I have a question before you go. Sure. Who's your favorite artist? Ooh. I actually Ooh. don't know this about you, and I've been wondering about it a lot. Yeah. Modern is day, Michael Turner. Right? Modern Turner. is Michael okay. Turner. Uh, Michael Turner. Huge good, fan yes. of John Burns' run, Alpha, Alpha Flight, mm-hmm. X Men. Um, that was my formative years of collecting. Is that uh, Mark Silvestri? Uh, um, Turner yeah. by far my favorite modern artist, and then my favorite when I started collecting rest in peace was, was uh, yeah, Michael Turner, rest in peace, was uh, John Byrne when I was growing up because I had somebody mentor me when I was collecting comics. And he goes, You should know, you should collect creators as well. So I started collecting Fantastic Four 232 on up. That's the first time John Byrne had written and drawn uh mm-hmm. for fantastic four then i found out whoa he did x-men too so i was like going back by that and then of course you know alpha flight so those are my creative uh two really i meant tim tim your your mentor yeah. i've heard stories of your mentor in the past when we used to yeah. do shows together and i am just hoping one day these one of these days that you would just elaborate more on who I he did it was before. On, uh, yeah sure so I, I, I was, I'd love to hear because he, I, he, he, he sounded like school, an amazing yeah. guy. Yeah, he, he was a, like- he was a freshman in high school and I was in fifth grade. Right. And he used to just say, Hey man, just come on and check out my comics. And you know, nothing, he wasn't diddling me or anything funky like that. He was very cool <laughs> to me, you know, probably because I was as tall as him already. I was fifth grade, you know, so, and <laughs> then, uh, so he, he would like, he, he would, he, he would come out and he showed me comics. He goes, yo, this, and that's the first time I, uh, I held an amazing fantasy 15 in my hands. Is yes. his, his copy. Right. He said, this is the first ever Spider-Man. I said, no shit. And then he was telling me about well, what if, and then he goes, John Burns, a fantastic writer and artist. You got to start collecting him. And so I forgot his name, unfortunately, but I do remember him. Yeah. I remember later on in my teenage years, I saw him at a, at a high school football game that, um, because I think we're four years apart. So he was probably a senior when I was a freshman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, hey, what's going on? This and that. He's still collecting. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was the first time I went to comic shops was right around the fifth grade. I used to ride my bike or I take the oh. bus to like downtown San Jose, the sketchy part. Uh, Tim, was there comic them. shops even then? I mean, most of it was Bro, you going like to 7-Eleven. 
Oh, my 79 comic shop. That's where I stole most of my comics. 84 was full blown. Yeah, so I had a 7 Eleven where the bus would pick me up for our neighborhood, you know. Um, so I decided I want to go that one because I would first I would play video games and then uh, the spinner rack was right by the video games and they put it on. I would bring in my like uh folder. You know where this story is going, don't you? I would slide like three or four comics (laughs) inside my binder and I'd just put it in there because you know they're busy. Dude, 7 Eleven tra- at 8 in the morning. Yes. The people are getting coffee. They don't, you know, they just got Who these. Who is not for- taking a few image comic books from 7 Eleven? You got to be full of crap. Come on. Those now. Marvel Laura, this is way Marvel before Marvel. your time, yeah. Laura. I was I, born I totally in 84, understand. so I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> no, the first time I went to a comic shop, it was magical. Like, I, you know, I, you know, it was like six months maybe yeah. into my collecting. Yeah. And I went to a comic yeah. shop, and my first wall book was like, what, uh, what if number one? wow it's 20 bucks i got yeah or something crazy that's why you asked me to sell my copy at one time uh i I have a what if number one and i remember one time that's why you want to sell that i'm like yeah that's my first one man it's my nostalgia buy i like to i I think i have a 9.8 shit did i sell it today i mean i sold it today my first experience with uh with the comic book store i i grew up in a uh Air Force Base, uh, um, and so we didn't have LCS overseas. We had uh, books, what they called bookstores, and they have just a whole variety of different books, magazines, and things hmm. like that. And I remember those the, the comic books you'd open up. They had those Jostin Jeweler, Mark Jeweler, Mark Jeweler, yeah. yeah, dude, they, you should have bought have all those. This was worth so much now. Yeah, yeah, you, you didn't think about it I, then, I, but you know, I sell those on regular. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, JB sells everything, you guys. Yeah, if you were looking for regular. anything, that's your guy. All right. A few things. Laura, any last New words? mutant number 98, JB. Uh, keep an eye out for me, brother. You need a new mutant 98? Really? You want a raw or a slab? Uh, it doesn't matter, brother. It doesn't matter as long as I get one in my copy. Right. And heir to the empire one through four, Laura. Keep a lookout for me. I'll probably go in like next week at some point. I will go into the <laughs> office. I swear, I was doing other things like paperwork. No rush. Last words, guys, make sure that if you are a Gold Key fan, please come out and support Bird City Comics tomorrow when we launch Boris Karloff. That is the first store exclusive ever, which is kind of, it's 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 a neat thing for us. Uh, That goes live at 12 p.m. Eastern. And please make sure that you are following JB Discovery Bay Comics on IG, as well as Marty. Marty, what is your IG handle? You need to put that on Comic Book Fanatics. Comic book fanatics. There you go. Yes. Because uh, yes. these guys are great. So that's it. Speaking of it, JB, any last words? Yeah, I'm going to Rose City Comic Con. Is anybody else <laughs> up here in the Pacific Northwest going to be uh, checking that show out? If you are, let's go have a drink. I don't know. If, like KRS Comics, Bird City <laughs> Comics, none of them have a booth there. They, they, well, they it's New opposite York. of, um, it's it's going Maybe up against um, Baltimore. So, I mean, come on. Oh, know. Yeah, well, yeah. I know yeah, most yeah. a lot of people go to they love Emerald City Comic Con. Like, you know, all the vendors tell me they love going to Emerald City Comic Con. So, yeah. and that's, you know, not in that's in Seattle, right? This Seattle, one, uh, that's in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. This one's important. Is that where you're from, JB? Are you in Seattle? I'm in the suburbs of Portland. Yeah. Suburbs. Okay. Portland. Yeah. Okay. All right. Marty, any last words? Guys, I will tell you that the, the thing about this show that stands out is how we flow on this show. Okay, <laughs> the bantering, uh, just the charisma we have on the show, uh, no dead air whatsoever. It is it is a great show, even just to listen on a podcast. If you guys haven't done so yet, please subscribe, please like, please send us out there. Enjoy us as much as you can. We're here for you. We're not here for us. 
but I will admit I enjoy doing this. So I, I'm a little here for me. I like hanging out with you guys. So leave a comment below after the video post what your favorite cover was, and we will do a yes. drawing next Tuesday giveaway some of Miss Laura's books. All right. I already so, sent uh, out the one from Tuesday. That one's out. So I think it was Wolf. Nice. You your book went in the mail today. So it was an heir to the Empire number one. I apologize. <laughs> I have a 9.8 that the, the guy who bought it from, I can have him sell it to you for a good price. Ooh, so, nice. There you go. All right. Uh, so Tuesday, till next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out.